Hi, my name is Derek Schneider, and I own Visiting Angels in Wichita Falls, Texas, and Lawton, Oklahoma. This podcast is called Addressing the Elephant because I believe it is better to be proactive rather than reactive when it comes to aging well. So each episode, I'll invite someone that has a ton of experience about an issue or topic that relates to elder care, which is a topic that if you live long enough, we'll all have to face. I hope you really enjoy. I wish I found you a long time ago. We could have taken it easy, could have taken it slow. And passed our whole lives like a sweet summer day, like waves on the water Okay, my name is Derek Schneider, and we are addressing the elephant today. I'm here with good friend Kevin Ryan, and Kevin, he typically does mortgage loans. Kevin works at Union Square. Kevin, how are you doing? Sub D. I'm good, hey, man. man. Uh, yeah. Hey, y'all. My name's Kevin, and I have a beautiful wife, and I got four kids, and I work at Union Square. I'm a mortgage loan officer. Um. That's what I do all day, every day. Talk to people, pull credit reports, and qualify them for a home loan. And I love it. So typically, Kevin and I, we get to talk about a ton of like spiritual things. Um, this is but, our- this, but this podcast is like not about that. And no. so we are going to like try our best to have a conversation about business and specific, like this real niche um area of the banking industry called reverse mortgages mm-hmm. and then in just in and maybe we'll kind of spend some time kind of in the in the weeds and then uh, spider out about other things that may be potential things for um for maybe the elderly population that want to stay in their home um but they don't know how to do it and or what's maybe other options so that's kind of just overview of what we're going to be talking about maybe cool. and Let's do it. so what is a reverse mortgage uh a reverse mortgage it is a loan product where a homeowner can use the equity in your home um, and instead of repaying the loan the loan balance goes in reverse and so you could get a stream of income and so every time you can basically just think about it Every time you receive a monthly installment from your reverse mortgage, mm. the balance of the loan is increasing instead of decreasing. Okay. So could there be, could you tell me maybe a good time to do this and maybe yeah. a bad time to yeah. do this? Yeah. How about, um, I've got a good example. So I've done, I've done four reverse mortgages. Um, in my tenure as a loan officer, I became a loan officer in 2011. Um, and between 11 and 14, I did four reverse mortgages. It's not very many reverse mortgage applications. Um, I've done like a couple hundred loans this year and have taken more applications than that. And so out of four years to have four reverse mortgages close, um, it's just, I haven't done very many of them. Yeah. One of the four. Is there very many in Wichita Falls that do this? Like, is it is it off? I mean, like, not necessarily like bankers necessarily, but just like, is it is there any data in which that you could pull that say, oh, this this does happen once a once a month? Yeah, I would think that there's got to be some data out there that'll tell you how many reverse mortgages are done in this, maybe in the county, gotcha, in North okay. Texas, gotcha. Um, 
my guess would be maybe one or two per month. Yeah. Um, for the greater Wichita Falls Got area. Okay. So not very many yeah. happen period just because okay. uh, it's a very specific targeted product. Um, you have to be at least 62 years old. Okay. Uh, you must occupy the home as your primary residence. Got it. And you have to have a significant equity position in it or okay. own it outright. Or, okay. And so for some people, it's just it, it's not even possible to do it because you're not 62 yet. Um, maybe you do own a home, but you're not occupying it. Got it. You couldn't do a reverse mortgage on that. So it has to be your principal, your homestead. Okay. So I had a gentleman um, seven years ago. Uh, he had no heirs. He never married, never had children. Okay. Um, he had siblings, but they had already passed. And so he was the only living relative that he had. Uh, his home was in somewhere around Wichita Falls, about 120000 He did not have a lien against it. Mm. Um, and so he was a great candidate for a reverse mortgage because yeah. uh, whenever he passes or whenever he passes, um, he didn't, there's no estate that he's considering uh, whenever he's trying to determine if a reverse mortgage would be good because ultimately it'll eventually fall on the heirs to decide what to do with the home. Got it. Um, and so there are four, four ways to retire uh, a reverse mortgage. And okay. So the heirs would have the option to either repay the loan or sell the home to pay off the loan. Mm. And then they can keep the remaining equity uh, in the home. Got it. Okay. Third option would be to deed the home to the lien holder. Or the fourth would be to do nothing and let the lien holder foreclose. And so then the baby takes the house. Yeah. Which may be a fine option because Could it be doesn't fine. matter. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this gentleman, he was like, well, I don't care if they take the house. I don't have anybody else to leave it to. And so for him. So that was a, that was a good option a for him. Fantastic option. I okay. felt really good about doing that. Sure. Okay. Um, the other three loans that I did, I didn't have as good of a feeling because it just wasn't as sweet of a set of circumstances okay. as the first example. And so I was very upfront with each of them. And yeah. I said, you know, I don't, I don't think this is the best option in my opinion. Sure. Uh, you have the facts, you have the data. Uh, one of the requirements before closing on a reverse mortgage is that uh, the homeowner must go to a professional counseling service. Really? Yeah. Like and, what, what type of professional counseling service? What, uh, that, what does that mean? Yeah. So there are different credit counselors. And if you purchase a home or if you refinance a home and just do like a standard conventional loan or a VA loan or a FHA loan, mm -hmm. there are lots of different types of financing. Um, every time I provide financing for a borrower. Yeah. I give them a list of the 10 nearest credit counseling services to the zip code where they currently live. And so that's mandated that you have to give that out. Correct. I guess. Correct. Yes. Okay. I do have to give it out. It's a document. They actually have to sign that they received it. Oh, okay. Uh, with the set of initial loan disclosures that I provide to I, borrowers. I know that you've, I know I've signed it, it yeah. and I know I've, I have no idea that I was signing that document, which is you know, the reason why you didn't know that is because you found somebody that you trusted to do your right, own that's loan. Right, that's and, right. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to point out the important stuff, but this yeah, list yeah. of 10 counselors, nobody does it. Yeah. Nobody does it. But, but if you're getting a reverse mortgage, you have to get it. Got it's it. That tricky of a product, that technical, um, there's that big of an large of an opportunity um, for predatory lending. Yeah. Because the fees are exorbitant. Oh, I'm talking about closing costs on a normal FHA loan on one hundred twenty thousand dollars. 
forty two fifty, uh, forty five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, there's an origination fee that gets added back to the loan on FHA. Well, the closing costs are greater. The fee is higher on a reverse mortgage. The interest rate was always about three quarters of a percent higher than on a standard Jeez. FHA. Um, like today, I can do an FHA at three point two five. And the the comparable reverse mortgage would have been somewhere in the four percent range, four yeah. and, four and a quarter, and so it's just a more expensive product. Yeah. Um, so so, what does that look like? I mean that that to me is one I had no idea that a a person that's over the age of sixty two that is thinking about doing a reverse mortgage has to go to a counselor, somebody that's like, get, I guess is a third party sort of deal that has no association Correct. with any bank, yep. um, but is a third party deal to kind of talk them through this. Like in my industry, we talk about like exploitation a ton. And like, that's like, like people, um, we we are we have a licensed bo a body by Texas Health and Human Services. And they make sure that if there's any exploitation that we have to like go uh, above and beyond and make sure that this is being um, vetted out and documented really, really well. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I'm not surprised. I just had no idea that there was like this mm -hmm. third party counselor. Yeah. Uh, and I guess this is one area where we should applaud the CFPB. Uh, the CFPB is a, one of the governing uh, entities. What's the, what's the acronym? CF consumer financial protection bureau. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Um, okay. And they are watching lenders like Hawks. They're watching financial institutions like like Hawks. Okay. And they're giving out fines in the tens of millions of dollars um, just for fair lending violations and yeah. making sure that you treat one person the same as you treat the next person. Sure. Um, and so one of the good things that the CFPB is doing, if they're the ones that are uh, requiring this counseling. Yeah. I mean, that's super important to make sure that the elderly are not getting preyed upon. Yeah. I mean, it's so... Good job, CFPB. That's 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 awesome. Okay, so okay, so we talked about a good time in which that we um, a reverse mortgage may be like an option. So um, so so maybe like maybe give me an example of like a really like you should not be doing this mm -hmm. example. Yeah. So let's just um, let's say that same person, uh, hundred twenty thousand dollar home, they owe forty thousand dollars on it and they have children and the children have a home that they happen to have a mother-in-law quarters mm. in the back. Okay. Um, and so I think it would be a better option in one of these other scenarios to maybe consider downsizing. Um, uh, let's just give an example of you've got a widow right. and her grandkids live two and a half hours away. And so she decides to sell her home in the Metroplex and move to Wichita Falls. Yeah. And live with her her children and get to help out with the grandkids. Yeah. I think that it, sounds like a way better option than sure. doing a reverse mortgage and staying two and a half hours away. Of course, that's just one. That's, that's one little. All the, yeah. Not all the details. But no, that's a really good example. And yeah. I think that's like real important to talk about that, you know, if you have family that is around that is willing to maybe have you as well in your home to help out. Hey, maybe, maybe it's okay. Even though you've lived in this home for 50 years, maybe it's okay to let that go. And maybe it'd be better 
for everybody, your heirs and you long-term, not just short-term, but long-term uh, for everybody involved. Yeah. And I think the, the key part of that, that you're, uh, the implication there is that you're going to have a conversation. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. Um, we need to be having conversations with our parents and grandparents and I'm 34. My parents are in their sixties. Um, my great uncle who I consider my grandpa, he's in his, uh, eighties. He just turned 83. I visited him at house of hope a few weeks ago and oh my goodness. It's, I I hadn't visited him in way too long. Yeah. Um, get the sensors ready. I walked in and I said, Dovey. I'm so sorry I haven't seen you in so long. He didn't hear me. He's, uh, he's probably 95% deaf, yeah, and so yeah, he yeah. has to be making eye contact with right. you. And so I could I could speak to him like this, and he can hear me if he's making eye contact. So, okay, so um, we have these reverse mortgages. So, okay, if those are not good options, yet they live in their home, they want to stay in their home, is there another, like, another option out yeah, there. Yeah, okay. totally. Okay. Um, I would consider a cash out refinance. I think that'd be a great option. What is, what helped me understand what that is? I mean, I, I, I hear the words, but I want to make sure that our listeners know exactly what that means. Okay. So same example, $120,000 home, no lien. Um, in Texas, you can take out up to 80% of your home's value. Okay. And so, uh, let's say that'd be a hundred grand, 97 or 99, something like that. Let's say you don't want that much. You just want 75 grand to live on for the next 10 years. Mm. Um, so what you could do is you would literally walk away from the closing table with a check for $75,000. And uh, your mortgage payment on that 75,000 will be, let's say 400 bucks a month. And so you can put 75 grand into a savings account, an interest bearing savings account okay. um, into some sort of, fixed income product uh, that is extremely safe mm-hmm. and will provide a, a stream of income. And so if your mortgage interest rate on a 15 year cash out refinance is three and a half percent. And if you can earn 3% on your mm. money or one and a half percent, 2%, you're not going to be taking that much of a loss and gotcha. you've got 75 grand in this savings account that's earning interest. Mm-hmm. You can tap into it to live on if you need to, but really only in emergency situations because you've got your social security and your retirement, but you just need something else to, yeah. to tap into if you needed. So tell me the difference though, than a reverse mortgage in a, in a cash out refinance. Cause that yeah. to, in, in my, when, as I'm thinking about this and I know really nothing about these, like, but there ha- there is differences, but it, but there's uh, there yeah. seem to be nuanced a little bit yeah. here. Yeah. So in the reverse mortgage, the balance is growing. Okay. In the refinance, uh, you are paying down the balance, and so you're using your own money gotcha. to repay your loan, and okay. you're earning interest off of that. Okay. And so uh, you're becoming more wealthy in a sense because your assets are increasing. Um, if you, if you, if, if, if you do something with that money, is that right? Okay. Well, I mean, you're going to have to make payments uh, on the, on the regular. What I I meant by that is like, if you took that 75 K out the, and you, you know, that your example was you put it somewhere and and the hope is that it's making interest, Mm -hmm. but you're still having to pay income though. Right. Too. But, but it's not as great of a risk as the reverse mortgage. Yeah. So the reverse mortgage, 
Uh, so let's say on that refinance, the fees are going to be 2,200 bucks on the reverse mortgage. It's going to be 8,800 bucks. Gotcha. And so you're going in a reverse equity position. The fees are quadruple what they would have been. The interest rate is higher. I see. So it's, they're both products that are viable. Yes. One of them, I think outshines the other. Have you done Mitch like cash out options? Or- oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. Like, uh, 40% of my business in 2018 were wow. refinances. And so I would say about 50%, no, probably 25% of my 40% of production yeah. were cash out refinances. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so tell me about those really good examples of, is, is there a bad example or a bad bad time to do a cash out yeah cash out refinance bad option if you're planning on moving if you know that you're going to be downsizing in a couple years yeah don't do it because that twenty four hundred dollars of fees gotcha you're not going to be able to recoup any sort of benefit in a timely manner if you're planning on moving in a couple years but in the in the short term you know i can't say that it's always a good um, a good product to move to, sure. but it's certainly one to look at. And there's no restrictions on this one in terms of the age. Is there no restrictions on the cash out? Correct. You do not have to be 62. Okay. Uh, there are restrictions in Texas. You have to occupy it as your primary residence. Okay. You can only go up to 80% of the home's value. And so if your home's worth a hundred, you can go up to 80. And so if you owe 50,000, then got you've it. got $30,000 of equity. Understood. Uh, or you've got $50,000 of equity yes. in the state of Texas. Um, you can only take out up to 80%. And so you walk away with about 30 grand of your own cash and you can put that 30 grand into a savings account and live on it. You could use that 30 grand to pay off installment debt, credit card debt, got it, become debt free before you retire. Sure. Put yourself in a good position to stop making payments, uh, towards interest. Yeah. Can you imagine going into retirement, going into the golden years debt free? And I know I'm talking about using debt to retire debt, but if you can pay off your credit cards that are at 15 to 18%, totally. you pay off a vehicle that's at 7 or 8%, and you put it all on one long-term 15-year fixed rate at 3%, and your payment on 75 grand is 550 bucks a month, and you pay off those credit cards where the, the payments are 250 each, yeah. and your car is 450 bucks a month, um, so you've eliminated $300 of monthly debt expense yeah. and you just have one long-term fixed rate that the interest is deductible too. And so there are tax benefits. That's awesome. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that's like really important information. Dude, that like, this is what I get to do all day. That's, that's why like I super love it. important because I, I talk about Dave Ramsey to people Yeah, like, yes, do this, do the debt snowball. Yeah. Don't buy yet. Don't build that house yet. Right. Wait a couple years. Sure. Can we talk about mother-in-law quarters real quick? Yeah. What would be a good option to do that? Okay. Um, okay. So let's say uh, I'm going to use myself as an example. Okay. Um, we're going to build a house in about a year and I would love to have a mother-in-law quarters on our property at some point. Okay. Uh, one option would be to build our house and to build the mother-in-law quarters right now. Right. Um, that's that's what a lot of people would like to do because they think I'm building a 2,000 square foot house and I'm going to have a 500 square foot mother-in-law quarters. That's a detached structure mm. that just has a door um, door to it, a bedroom, closet, you know, just yeah. a, a studio. That's right. 
Well, if that studio is 500 square feet and the house is 2000 square feet, um, the house is going to be appraised at about 150 bucks a square foot, let's say. Yeah. And so you might be thinking that, well, I'm going to get 2,500 square feet of value. Um, but what you may not understand is that if you have to walk through an unconditioned space to get to additional square footage, mm. the additional square footage does not count towards the main living area square footage. And okay. so in okay. this example, I'd have to walk out the back door and get to the mother-in-law quarters. So it's like a separate It's outdoors. Dwelling. Okay. It's not conditioned. And so it's a separate dwelling and yep. it doesn't count. And so that might get $25 a foot of value on the appraisal instead of $150 a foot of value. Ooh. And so now I've got a home that costs 300000 to build. Right. Um, and it's only worth 250000 on paper. Because, because I of don't that. get full value for the mother-in-law quarters. Okay. So that's if you're doing it on the front end. What exactly. would be an example of you do it on the back end? So for me, like in 10 years, if my parents or if Megan's parents need to um, need to downsize, need right. to get out of a home that they own, at that point, we could build a mother-in-law quarters and just pay cash for it or it. finance it at that point. Got it. And so... Uh, the difference would be if I had to do it right now, I'd have to come up with that difference of 50 grand out of pocket. Uh, and so I can do the mother-in-law quarters, but it costs 300 for the house and the mother-in-law quarters. It's worth 250. And so I got to come up with 50 grand cash. Yeah. Plus I got to come up with my additional down payment of 5% or right. 10% or 20%. Right. And so the mother-in-law quarters could be a great idea, but just be prepared with building a mother-in-law quarters or it it's the same thing if you want to build a shop mm. if you want to build a pool those things add value but not sure. dollar for dollar on a pool it's going to cost you 50 and it's going to add twenty five thousand of value gotcha on a shop same thing about 50 percent value wow um mother-in-law quarters it might be 50 percent, might be 25 percent. i don't know mm. just kind of depends on uh, there have to be comparable sales is there anything else near this home yeah. within the greater wichita falls area um, that is comparable to this that has sold. If it sold, how much did the similar thing sell for? Yeah. Uh, well, it sold for a lot less than this new construction one. And so it's only going to add 25,000 of value. So may not make sense to do the mother-in-law quarters or the pool or the shop up front. Maybe better to just Dave Ramsey at debt snowball and then pay cash for things like that. That makes sense. Maybe we can have another conversation about that. No, it's like super interesting <laughs> Yeah. because I mean, it doesn't happen a ton uh, in the conversations that I get to have, but I often uh, come into places and come into people's homes and they are now trying to either figure that out or bring mom in to a home or bring dad in. Um, and they're, it's always about that, what the, that bigger conversation is of going, what do I, dad's bad in bad shape how do I make sure that he stays safe? Um, do I keep him in a home where he's all alone and you have, you know, all of this well, maintenance of the home, keep up with the home meals, all of the things, would that be a better option to be here? And then also, you know, of course the, the family may have their own lives, but, um, and they, you know, they may have like a care provider or something like that come in their home to help, but it's just, I think it's an important conversation to, to consider, um, as yeah. people think about taking 
care of their mom and dad and aging in place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Lolly and Poppy, Wawin and Disher, when y'all listen to this, just know we're going to have a conversation pretty soon about where do y'all want to live? That's right. Want to take over crew in uh, Brooks and Wells's room? Yeah. Be good. Okay. So, um, I, I, you know, what else, what other things, uh, that, um, in your day to day that would be beneficial to, uh, somebody that's over the age of 75 years old, uh, that you, um, can share any other wisdom on? Oh my goodness. The ones that are 75, they're the ones that should be sharing wisdom with us. Derek. Yeah. Um, as far as what I see day to day, um, I would encourage the, let's start younger. Let's start folks that are going to college and yeah. uh, maybe thinking about college, but scared of the student debt. Mm. Gosh, that student debt is, gosh, it's heartbreaking. I yep. mean, that is a real crisis totally that, is. I, that I see every day. Um, so I would say to the young person that is considering doing that, try to, live within your means as much as possible while you're putting yourself through school and keep your debt uh, as low as possible. I know it's tough because you're juggling things and like you're probably raising a a young family, um, maybe single income and trying to do school and it's tough. Yeah. Don't give up on it. Yeah. And if you have a collection, you, you have a late payment, don't give up on it. It's not too late. Like even at 30, 40, 50 and 60 years old, you're not too young to repair your credit Mm. um, and to get out of debt. That's good. Um, So I think that would be my pearl of wisdom would just be try to get debt free as quickly as possible. And it's not, it's not always possible to pay cash for things. Sure. Um, I don't necessarily agree that it's possible to follow Dave Ramsey a hundred percent, but I think that fool has a lot of good stuff to say. Yeah. I can remember. So this is just a side note. I mean, you know, I can remember my dad, um, whenever he passed before he passed away, my brother had conversations with him because he had some retirement and he had his social security disability and stuff. And I can remember, um, having conversations about, um, well, he's, he's going, you know, he has this disease of COPD and emphysema, right? And what does that look like? And what, what do you want to do? Um, and you know, where do you want to be buried? Right. And so, so my brother, I can remember having conversations with dad and my dad was a heavy drinker and he smoked a lot. And so dad, do you need to have this amount you know what I mean? Of alcohol. Do you need to have this? Would it be better to save, you know, like $80 a month here? And guess what he did? And over the course of like five years, he was able to like help us out wow. um, as kids that we, we didn't have to pay for his funeral expenses mm-hmm. just a little bit, like just like the catering aspect of it. Yeah. But he was able to pave all of it off over a course of four to five years by just cutting down wow. his regular like expenses. And I think it has like super, it's just important to have that mindset to think through like, what does that look like for my kids, for my, uh, for my relatives? Man, that is awesome. Well, cool, man. Um, I appreciate your time. You have a ton of wisdom. Can we do this again? So totally. I I would love love to. to. I really appreciate your wisdom and and what you bring to, um, 
um, to, to Wichita Falls, your craft is like, is really important and you like take care of a lot of people. And so thanks so much for your wisdom. And thanks for sharing. It means a lot. Thanks bro. All right. We're addressing the elephant and we'll see you next time. This is Derek. Appreciate you. Peace. I wish I found you. I wish I found you. I wish I found you. I wish I found you a long time.